Welcome to the channel podcast. It is January the 22nd, 2024. The basketball team is on fire. Recruiting is on fire. The Don't Connect show is still on air. George McIntyre commits to Tennessee. Lance Hurd commits to Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans have a brand new coach in Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator from the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll get into that. There's a lot going on in sports over the last couple of days. A lot going on in sports. But I am Randy, your host, alongside my good friend Austin Brown, Jordan Moore. His kids' basketball team went into overtime, so he will be on here shortly, I hope. We will see if he pops in this podcast. But again, welcome to the channel, Tennessee Podcast. Austin, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot has gone on in it's, sports this week. It has been jam-packed with info, with news, with everything. It's It's been a big weekend. Dalton Connect just went off on Alabama. Well, not to the degree he's been going off on people, but he's been, he, he played outstanding and we got a we just beat the living hell out of Alabama, and um, the playoffs were amazing. Outside uh, of you know Taylor Taylor Swift Swift winning, and we've gotten a couple big commits, a few big commits, Jackson Moy, and on top of it all, I got laid. So it's been a. Where did you get your uh, Nico lay? Uh, I got it from. Uh, I got it from these people, the, the NIL people. Volunteer, volunteer club, club okay. The yeah. volunteer club. Uh, yeah, support your athletes. Nico Lay. It sounds like Frito Lay, but it's Nico Lay. Yeah, so. Nico Lay. Nico Lay. Oh, that should be like a little. You like it, man? Yeah, you like it? Yeah. You can yeah. have it. You can have it. Oh, thank you. You, you can have it. All right. Well, which topic do you want to jump into first? Um, we've gotten so many lands heard. When's he committing? Comments over the last couple. Oh my of weeks. god! It's been unreal, guys. We don't ever. I mean, we kind of have a clue. But we don't ever really actually know when something's going to happen. But I mean, once you joined the school directory, <clears throat> you kind of just it was set in stone. So yeah. you don't join a school unless you're going to come here to play football if you're a football player. So we knew That's fairly it. early in the week uh, that he joined Tennessee's student directory. So that was a big, uh, big, big. When I say big, I mean literally and physically big. big. Man and Lance Hurd, huge. Oh, it was yeah. huge, it was which huge. is a much needed position at Tennessee. And um, from what you've sent me over the week, Austin, and what I've read over the week, Austin, about Lance Hurd, he talked to someone from LSU that knew Lance Hurd, Hurd, and they said that the kid is really good. So. He's he's a good kid. They just had. Uh, little too much depth there and he wanted to play and maybe thought he could get a little more nil in the portal which i believe he did I believe we paid a little bit from this kid i don't think he was off flyman right now and defensive linemen they are not cheap they are not cheap they are a high quality item or high high worth item pretty much anywhere in football i mean heck i mean look at the nfl there's a lot of teams with really bad offensive lines i know i've been rooting for one um and it's a hard position to come by right now and we got Four solid guys, and I'm I feel iffy about the fifth, and I wouldn't mind adding a left guard, but um, I feel good about four of the five that we're having for the next season. 
because I don't know if you know this, but we got a pretty good quarterback uh, that wears stuff like this. <laughs> and uh, I'm really happy we're getting him some protection. But um, also, uh, let's not oversight this one. I, I know he's just a three-star or whatever, but he was after a few big schools were after him. So we landed Jackson Moy out of the portal uh, just like a minutes after uh, we got heard. Yeah, who, it, it, it all... It's Lyman from uh, Stanford. Who yeah, started every game for them, or played in every game and started seven of them. So he's he's an experienced guy that has two more years left of eligibility, and we lose a lot on the D line after this following year. So we are going to definitely need him, and we like to play twelve of those guys. So really nice to have a little depth there, and he'll play some this coming season. Um, I, I've always said this about recruiting, and now the NIL and transfer portal. I don't. I do care about star rankings when it comes to talent because, you know, as Bobby Bowden used to say, you get the best talent, you win the most games. It's not always true, but it's usually pretty good. You win a lot of games. Um, but I've always said, I've always looked at the teams that are after these kids. And if it, if he's like a four, three or four star um, player, and there's like, he's, he's being recruited by like Louisville and Memphis. I'm just like, I'm not into it. I mean, can they have talent? Of course they can. I don't they, they, yeah, I mean, they, they can have talent 100. Like they can come in and be like a great player. But I always look who's after them because who who's after them? Those the 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 winning programs. If they offer them, I'm like, okay, I'm in on this guy because he had offers from all of these schools, and these schools are legit schools. They're not just like some like ACC or or it's Conference USA like type schools. So I'm, I'm I'm I've always been that that kind of guy. Hmm. I mean, you know, this McIntyre kid, let's dig into him. His commitment today was absolutely huge. I don't know if you uh, – I watched the announcement, and then he put out the video. Did you watch the video he put out? I, You know what? I was busy all day, and I have yet to look at it. Yes. I have yet to look at it. Don't let me break out the sombrero, man. Yeah. D- DR on the, the comments says cultural appropriation, Austin. He's got his lay on from Nico, and he says he's going to bust out a sombrero. <laughs> um, out a and the mustard bottle in the background. Uh, but that's just that's just, that's just, that, that that is my culture, actually. Thank you. The mustard bottle that is my culture to a T. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're more like a jar of mayonnaise, like I've always said. You're about as white as mayonnaise. Um, Thanks, friend. Thanks, friend. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. But uh, I, I what? prefer to I prefer to think of my skin as like the sh- shade of a tortilla shell, yeah. or a tortilla yeah. flour tortilla. Uh, Ethan chimes in too. He says best commitment video has ever seen. I yeah. have not yet seen the okay. video. Well, I'm let me let me let me paint a picture for you. It's should, should I watch it live on air right now? <sighs> but people sure. would be able to hear it because I got soundproof mic on right now. So a- anyway, he talks about like you know it's a big decision for him and but there's always been something about his home state. It's where he grew up. It's where he learned, where he found God, where all this stuff from, from, from the Smokies to Na- Na- Nashville, from or from the Smokies to the Mississippi, from Nashville to Knoxville. And it, it, the song on it, I forget the name of the song. Everyone knows the song, but I forget the name of it. It was, it was, it was pretty awesome. It was an awesome commitment video. It was like, it was probably the best I've ever seen by a country mile. And the yeah. kid, I mean, the kid, uh, he's the grandson of George McIntyre, obviously, uh, who was the, I think, played quarterback at Vandy and uh, was the head coach of Vandy for six years. 
won SEC Coach of the Year in 1982 and coached all around the South. Never coached Tennessee, though, so that was uh, – uh, Frank loves the sound of your voice, also in the comments. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Frank. Frank says, hey, Austin, I've heard – I've never heard your voice before. Glad I found this. Um, if you see, like, a van with dark tinted windows pulling up beside you, like, tomorrow um, – <laughs> No, thanks for chiming in, Frank. <laughs> uh, nice to hear from you, Frank. I, I'll, I'm happy for you to hear my voice. <clears throat> uh, Levi in the comments is also still drunk. I don't know. You never know if he is or not. Got to <sighs> act the same regardless. So, uh, Levi. That's, that's, yeah, who met, I, that's who you met. If, if, yeah, the other day at the game, I, I did get to meet Levi. We've interacted on Twitter for a long time and never got to meet him. Yeah. Uh, but met him. Cool guy. Good dude. Um, most like, you know, most, most like all of all Twitter is mainly pretty cool when you meet him in person. It's like a dumpster yeah. fire when you're on Twitter, but meeting in person, they, you know, they're, they're just a bunch of trolls. But yeah, I haven't seen the video. I'm going to watch it afterwards. Saw a lot of, is there someone cutting onions? Is there dust in here? Like all those comments. So uh, it's got to be a pretty good one. But uh, so. we got, Behind him, man, we have got just we've gone from rags to riches in quarterback. <laughs> like rags to riches, man. Rags to riches about everything around here. I mean, we're the, huh? one of the best of baseball, one of the best, we're the best in the SEC at basketball right now. We've been amazing forever. Uh, and we this whole the talent on the roster is just improving so much. I mean, we just got a five straw to fly and we I mean it's gonna be things are going so well here. I, I tweeted out earlier, the stock for Tennessee football has never been higher. I should, I should have actually said the stock for the university of Tennessee overall has never been higher. I think that's a sign to what Danny White's building here. I mean, it's just everything around here and there's nothing we're doing bad. And it's oddly enough, the, the low, the worst performing thing. I mean, they're not doing horrible, horrible right now. The worst performing overall feels like women's basketball. And that's the one thing Tennessee, I feel like doesn't even have to try to be good at. But um, it's it's so weird. Uh, our friend, uh, at SEC on is it SEC unfiltered? He always tagged yeah. us in these things. But he tagged us in he he tagged us in a video the other day, where he was going around the SEC and he said overall from top to bottom who has the best, who has it the best right now in the SEC, and it was like unanimous like Tennessee. And that is just so weird to me. Like we have grown up, we have sat here, and it's like, I guess like the the George McIntyre commitment video. It's just like, it means so much to everyone and how bad we've been. We've grown up in a, in a period of time where I was old enough to see us when we were pretty good, but there's the majority of us on Twitter, not all of them, but it's a large portion, probably about 70% of the people that interact with this show and the interact on our comments and all that good stuff. Um, they've grown up to be losers. Like their program has been losers, not specifically just them being losers, not losers. I mean, they, they don't, they're, they're losers. Yeah, you bunch <laughs> of losers. I mean, if you're following me, what, you're, like I mean, a punk. you're a bunch of, you're a bunch of punks. Loser, uh, baby. Nah, but, um, what we got, uh, it's, it's Franco here again. God wants to hug you, I guess. I love your voice, whatever. Got it all, baby. Same thing, same thing. Uh, oh, we got man. all good sports, is what he says, and that's it's really crazy because we do. Um, mm -hmm. and he and Ethan in the comments says we've waited our entire lives for it, and that's what I mean by like people's entire, entire lives. The majority of people 
on Twitter right now are younger. They've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't understand what it is like. And that's what is so funny about going back and forth on Twitter between the young people and the old people, because all the young people are like, yeah, you're being so negative. It's like, no, we've seen winning. This is not it. Like, that's yeah. why we were always so freaking mad because these people was pumped so much sunshine. I'm like, dude, this is not it. Trust me. We're not even close. Um, and people and get too. so angry. So, and- um, yeah. The steal line from uh, Major League, there's only one more thing to do, and it's uh, when the whole damn thing. Yeah. So, so we get some of these yeah. around there. Man, you were you know, blinged out today. You got rings yeah. on. You got lays on. Yeah. You got, yeah. I, I, I spend my money wisely. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Looks like it. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, lots of decor. Um, but yeah, once we finally start winning some titles, though, that's when I'll be really happy. And uh, for starters, I think this basketball team is our. I don't. I I said on Twitter this week. I don't want to make this whole thing about tournament, but man, it's hard not to get excited when you watch this team. And right now, they're performing as the best team Rick Barnes has ever had here. He, I think, our friend Jordan. He ran the stats earlier, and um, if you look at offensive stat wise, the best team we've had in terms of offensive and defensive stat stat wise is the 2018-19 Grant Williams Admiral, their last team together. And that team was number five in the country on offense and number 24 in the country on defense. And currently, the team we have currently, they're number four in the country on offense and number two in the country on defense. So keep that going. And I mean, I think if you look at the stats on who wins the championship every year, most of the time it's the team that finished highest in defense and offense like combined, like whatever the lowest combined score is, because you know lowest is good. But um, so I really feel like this is the team we can really take it all the way, and it's because Rick Barnes has really just stopped some of his stubborn things that's held him back in years past. Like he's a great coach; he's going to win you a lot of games. But the problem was he didn't quite fit the exact style to win in the postseason. Like we were so hard on defense, and no, we were on defensive teams have won titles. I mean, Virginia was a super defensive team and they won the title a few years ago, but it's just, uh, I think what really is so key in winning this stuff is having a guy to go get you a bucket when you need a bucket. And that's what we have in Dalton connect. This guy can get you buckets when you freaking need them. And there's, uh, and on most nights, we don't have any issue on like a hell Bama never even showed up. It looked like uh, we ran him off the three point line all day. And just suffocated them. But man, in the tournament, it's going to be huge for Dalton Connects. He's going to get you a bucket when you need a bucket. And the style of play we're playing with is so much better than the one we had for the past few years. It's oh, so exciting. I'm just so, God, I want to go to four. I don't know if this is true or not, but it's something I observed. And I don't, I don't know if Rick Barnes is doing this because like it's a strategy of his or what he's doing right now. But have you noticed, and I don't think it's our defense, like just not playing well. I I feel like they're letting a lot of guys into the lane and letting them like get baskets. He's shutting down a three line. That's what I'm getting at. Well, for Bama. And he's not allowing them to, to tee off from three. And that's what has absolutely destroyed us in the past his teams get hot from the three he I, I feel like he's allowing them to get some easy buckets at times 
so they don't get hot from three. Does that make sense? From what I heard, well, Bama, you know, their entire style is based on the three-point shot. They shoot more threes than anybody, it seems like. And they, they only focus on two parts of the court, down by the basket and three-point line. That's really it. The middle, the mid-range, they completely just say they, they don't want anything of it. They think that's a low-percentage shot, and it's just it's bad analytics, blah, 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 blah. But our defense yesterday, Rick Barnes set this up, or two days ago, Rick, uh, Rick Barnes, the staff, set this up. They basically said, okay, we will give Alabama everything they want in the mid-range. Give him that. Give them that. We will shut you down from three. We will try our best to shut you down down low. I mean, we're not going to be perfect there. But we will basically try to – we're going to shut you down from three, mostly from down low, and we're going to give you the mid-range. You can have it. Any possession, you want to shoot it in the mid-range, you got it, buddy. And Alabama said, yeah, we're not taking that one time. And it was – it was honestly hilarious. Like they don't, they don't, they they just they, they couldn't comprehend. They they shoot the ball from there. It was it was kind of amazing. But man, the defense is just so unreal. And offense, man, just this team. I mean, what did we force in one? I I know there was like twenty two turnovers and a half. Jemai Meshack. I was specifically watching him on Saturday, and you you were sitting right right down beside me. Yeah majority of the game. And I was specifically watching Jemai Meshack. That was his best game I think I've ever seen him play. Like, Mm -hmm. just from a, like, I could say defensive standpoint, he he was causing so much chaos out there. And every time you looked up, he was doing something to give Alabama absolute fits on the court. I mean, he was making them go insane. He was mentally, he was in their heads. Anytime they got near, near, near like Jemai, they just went full on stupid. Like the guy, he was like in their head. And I, I mean, was, I was like, man, that is the best game I think I've ever seen him play. Do you remember what he did last year in this game? Uh, he, they basically said, okay, your guy is Brandon Miller, the best player in the country. Just shut him down. That's your one job today, Jemai, because we had uh, no uh, Julian Phillips for that game. It, he got out. He got injured in the Missouri game before, I believe. And it was we were kind of scared, like, oh, my God, we got to face uh, the best player in the country. And all we have is uh, – and our best defender is out of this game. And that would have matched up perfectly with Brandon Miller. So we had to put Meshack on him, who is like – I don't know, like four inches shorter than Brandon Miller. And you're watching that game. You're just like, hey, what's Brandon Miller doing? I haven't seen him do anything. Oh, he just have this, has this guy number 15. He's basically tattooed on him. Um, <laughs> everywhere this guy goes, Jemai yeah. is a step, uh, uh, the next step forward. I mean, my God, the defense is so unreal. Jemai, he just has, his motor literally does never, it never stops. He it's, will always be faster than you. It's just like pawns. He reminds me of Pons just like just motor wise. The motor never freaking I don't how do you not get tired? It's, it seems like he's never tired. Like ever. I never see him just huffing and puffing. He'd be a great soccer player, honestly. Uh, he's he's <laughs> well, I don't know if he flops as much as a soccer player, but uh, yeah. I'm just talking about like like the it. way he stays, he, he's always yeah. a step faster than whoever he's on. That's why I love Rick Barnes teams. Okay. I, I know there's a lot of problems with Rick Barnes coach teams, whatever. But one thing I know for certain and for a fact is that we will be in better shape than the team we're going to play. Like when Dalton came here, 
uh, I listened to an interview of Rick Barnes on, I think it was Vol Quest of Volunteer, whatever uh, interviews, and they did one, the Vol Club interviews, and they did one with Rick Barnes, and he talked about how uh, when Dalton Connect came here, uh, Connect told Barnes, uh, was like, I, 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 he said to Barnes, I want you to coach me hard. I, I want you to coach me hard. And, and uh, Rick Barnes said, I don't think you know what that means. <laughs> I don't think you understand what you're going to go through. Training is just so unreal we just push you to your absolute limits in training. And that's why our teams are so athletic. They're so unreal on both ends of the court on defense, especially. Yeah. Um, I just, I just realized we had the wrong uh, scrolling at the bottom, but like no one ever reads that. So it doesn't really matter. Um, it was last week scrolling, but Oh, well, who cares? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Who's the guy from Illinois? Their best player. Austin is apparently frozen right now. There you go. Okay. Anyway, so what I'm getting at um, is the player, the the best player from Illinois, and you're talking about Brandon Miller, Austin, and you're talking about Sears from Alabama, and Jamai Meshack completely just shut all of those those players down. Uh, I remember sitting in the Illinois game. And the fans behind us were losing their minds because their top scorer could couldn't even like control the ball right. He couldn't even Ter- handle the ball because Jamal Meshack was just suffocating him. And then Sears on this past Saturday, same thing, just suffocated him. It's like where where is he at? It, like he mm-hmm. was nowhere to be found because Jamal Meshack was just just felt like it felt like he was just bear hugging him. He couldn't go anywhere. So yeah, Jamal Meshack. I think he had one of his best games. I think he just played out of his freaking mind. I think he's playing out of his mind. And I don't think like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying? Well, I don't think that, um, you know, we always talk about like Rick Barnes teams are peaking at the wrong time and they peak too early and they, and they, they're, they're not, um, they're basically just not peaking at the right time. I feel like they're not peaking. I just feel like they're gradually getting better. Like I mean, they're they're not peaking. Hey, they're, I mean, they're, they're getting better every week, and that's and that's not peaking. That's that's like progression. That's what I mean. In the past two games, in the past two games, your two leading scorers or two returning leading scorers, Jordan Side or I guess not leading, but yeah, top three, Jordan Side, James and Santiago Vescovi. They've I think attributed ten points in the past two games total. Or no, okay, I think Santee at 10. But uh, whatever, not a lot. They haven't done much lately. They're not playing their best basketball, but for sure. Santiago and Josiah, once they get going, once Santiago can get his shot back, I pray to God. I mean, that guy, he's not himself right now. He's still, he had a couple threes finally. But if he could, like, if he can make those open shots consistently, I mean, we, we would have beaten Bama. We would have scored 110 points. I feel like if if we were draining open shots, but even without that, we still kicked the living crap out of them. The, and the, uh, the key yeah. the key to the tournament, and I believe I brought this up a couple weeks ago, or towards the beginning of the season for me, is Triple J and Ganey. I think I I, I think Santi is going to get out of his little funk that he's in he's gonna it's gonna happen he's gonna get out of his funk but triple j and Ganey 
are two pieces of this puzzle that are so important. You saw what Ganey could do. Oh, if yeah. Ganey needs to show up like that in the that tournament. Was, yeah. That was the ultimate thing I came away with from that game because everything else I knew kind of about. But seeing Ganey, I mean, they they keep putting him in the game for a reason. I, I was kind of frustrated. I didn't want him in the game. I was like, what are we doing this guy? Then he drains a three. You're like, okay. Then he forced a turnover. Okay. Then he shoots another three. Okay. I mean, the dude, for once, he really looked like he belonged out there. I mean, he, he had his good moments early in the years, but we, but early in the year. But start of conference play, end of non-con play, he's really been a not great playing bad defense, shooting bad shots, not making any shots. But he finally showed what we saw early in the year against Bama. And now you get why he's getting these minutes. Yeah. Because you, you got to sometimes shoot yourself out of it, you know? Yeah. And, well, you know, it's one of those things when you can look up at a player, you can look up at a player and even if they're not like scoring a whole bunch of points or doing something well, you can see something in them. Like I, I saw that from the beginning of the season. His quickness is is what really stood out to me at the very beginning of the season. And I um it's just it's one of those things that you look up and you're like, okay, this guy can be really good. And if he starts to be really good, then this team is gonna be really, really good. And I'm hoping that he's starting to hit a little shroud here because I think Ganey could be a player that could really mess with some people in the tournament i mean mess with them to where like there no one's watching gaining no one's really caring about gaining the next thing you know he's going off like he did saturday i just i think he's one of the biggest keys for me in the tournament to keep this team just rolling and trucking on the offensive end there's so many factors of this team like I, you just look at the team there's like so much there you're like okay there's probably the best player in the SEC I think the country but in Dalton Connect then you have our insane defenders Josiah and and Jemai Meshack and and then you have a a great big man that sometimes doesn't look that great against really really good big men but he's he's definitely top 10 10 in the country, I feel like, or top 15 in the country in terms of big men with Jonas Adu. And then you got these, then you got Estrella coming up. He's a great big man. Then you got Waka, who's a kind of a wild card right now. He has his good and his bad days, but I obviously he shows so much potential that you, it's unreal. I, I feel like if he, he has those nights where he just almost carries you, it feels like. And then you got Ganey that can shoot, Santiago that can shoot, and they all play great defense for the most part. And then on top of it all, you have Zakai, probably the, I think the best point guard. I mean, Mark Sears is pretty great, but, uh, but I think he's, I think it's him or Zakai being the best point guard in the SEC. Here's, here's, here's the only thing that really worries me about this team is the point guard. Who They don't have anyone to play when Zakai comes out. That's what they've been trying to do with, uh, with uh, Jordan Ganey. I mean, uh, Zakai actually, uh, we were pretty frustrated that his minutes were staying around like 38 and 39 the past opening a conference play. But uh, recently, in the last two games, they've really been trying to get him off the court more. I think he had 34 minutes against um, Florida, and then he had 32 against Bama. So they're finally trying to work him out and get Ganey some experience from the point. Josiah might do it some. Um, it's really encouraging. And yeah, Billy Owen, Billy I, um, Owen's getting some time too. Sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, 
I'm not sure what to think about him. We'll we'll find out, I guess, as the season goes along. He's raw. But yeah. Someone, and I hate that word, but that's that's the correct word. Yeah. I hate though. He's a raw prospect. Like I hate that word so much. But I mean, that's the only way you can really describe it, honestly. But but I don't know if someone could actually like find this or look this up or whatever, but I feel like I don't know if the stats back it up, but I feel like when Zakai comes out of the game, there's a lot more turnovers. And Zakai oh, is such yeah. a good he he is such a good ball handler now. Like he didn't used to be that way. He used to always dribble off his foot, off his knee. He would lose the ball. And I feel like when he's going down in the lane and he doesn't have a shot, he just kind of backs down and just kind of goes the other way and kind of resets, and it doesn't cause a turnover. He's not trying to do too much. He's doing just enough. And it's it's to me, it seems like there's a lot more turnover when he comes out of the game, which is kind of a dumb thing to say, honestly, because he's your point guard, uh, one of the best in the country, like you just mentioned, besides Sears. But yeah, his, his defense is unreal, too. Just the way he's improved. It's just the way he's improved with his ball handling skills is really impressive. Did Did you hear what uh, Nate Oates said about him after the game? Uh, he said, uh, someone asked him say how he gained. He <clears throat> Did you hear what uh, Nate Oates had to say about him? Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, he said, uh, well, they asked him, how do you prepare for a guy like that? And he says, well, we really can't. We have no one on our team that plays as hard as he does. There's no way to simulate that in practice because – there's nothing. We have no one anywhere close to his level of def, of de, defender. Uh, his his defense is just unreal. Running guys off three point line, and he's just like, he's five nine. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's it's so weird to watch him because he is so little, but mm-hmm. he's like one of the best dudes on the whole court, and he's so like he's got okay. So I just mentioned his ball handling. That's one thing that I've noticed has gotten extremely uh, better. Um, but his basketball IQ too, as well, has gotten a whole lot better over the over the years. Um, uh, jo- Josh Boy on on Twitter says thoughts on Titans hire. We're going to get to that. Um, we're we're, we're going to get to that. Uh, excellent hire, but we will get to that. Uh, in my opinion, I think it's good. Um, we'll see like how it, it goes, but I think it's good. I like it. Um, but <clears throat> we have the pieces. You got Dog connected, which, which you mentioned the score that we've always needed. That can just take over a game. Him. And I noticed that little thing. I noticed what you said, Austin. You said it last podcast when you said he does that little skip thing mm-hmm. where he kind of starts skipping the ball. And when he starts doing that, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, oh, he's about to eat. Yeah. Someone's about to get murdered. If, if you, yeah, if you haven't noticed it, he does this little skip thing, and he does it when he's going back on defense too after he makes a play. He'll like skip back backwards, and he'll go backwards and skip. But when he's going forwards, he does this little skip thing. It's like, watch out. He's about to do something. Mm. And I, I'm surprised no one's really picked up on that on film because he does do this little skip, skip, skip to the loo, skip to the loo. Hey, what, what, what do you, what do you do about it? I mean, what, what's there to repair? I mean, it's just like, okay, it's kind of just a feel thing. I feel like it's like, okay, he got that yeah. feeling. He, he's gotten the old taste of the blood in the water and he's about to really go at you. He's about to drive to the lane every time. I mean, there was this time against Florida or no, it was against Bama or it, it's four on one. He's like, screw it. I'm going the goal. <laughs> up the court and he got fouled but it's like 
And that guy has no problem hitting the hitting the floor a little bit. It's 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 oh, so awesome. And it was that. so funny. Me and my fiance were watching. We were watching the uh, Memphis Memphis and Tulane game, which Memphis is just God. <laughs> Actually, I watched. It seems game. like they're falling. Tulane, apart. man, Tulane can make some shots. Holy crap! I made everything. They yeah, they up. can. But Memphis, Memphis, I think that's back to back games where they've they've had like an almost a ten point lead very late in the game, and they all 20. end up losing by like one or two points. They're they blown twenty leads. on USF. Good lord. Yeah. But yeah, they were up twenty and they lost by like two or one or something like that. Last but second. we're watching, we're sitting there watching the Tulane Memphis game, and Tulane's like bleachers, their arena bleachers are so close to the backboard, like so close to the the the, the back of the you know like the the padded cushion on the goal that sits there. It's almost level with. The, the 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 cushion of the backboard, and I'm no. like, dude, if Don Connect was in here, he would kill himself on the bleachers yeah. because he would just fall right in the bleachers every time. <laughs> I was Fun. like, how in the world? If you haven't looked at it, go look it up right now. Go look at pictures and go look. Um, as we're talking on this podcast, go look and let us know what you you think about that. Um, I mean, he played in Northern Colorado because so their bleachers he didn't... so close. He played at Northern Colorado, so thankfully he didn't find a mid major with a court like that. I guess. Because uh, yeah, he might not be here. I mean, it is extremely close. Maybe he would be smart extremely to not do close. that, dude. He can just <laughs> shoot. He can. He can. He even like like uh took a dude one on one and just beat and just like you know forced his way into the near the hoop and just shot out the backboard. It's the the amount of skills this guy has. I mean, he has all of them. It feels like. I mean, I ball handling, uh, defense is. Is probably his weakest point, but man, he's just—he's so freaking good. It's and the whole team, I—I I really love this. Like the whole team is not like—I don't ever get a vibe of jealousy or like this guy's supposed to be the best. He just got here. This guy's like—I mean, because you could see that, right? I mean, you got two guys here that have been here five years, running the show. Uh, point guard's been here three. Everyone here has been here at least three years. It feels like I mean, outside of maybe Deleon. And Ganey. So it, it'd be kind of weird for this new kid to just come up out of nowhere, Colorado, and be running the show. But I don't really get a vibe of jealousy. I mean, we had, there was talk of something like that with Santiago, but I feel like that was just people making stuff up. But I feel like Santiago just had his own personal issues that were not related to Connect whatsoever. Hell, Josiah loves Connect. I mean, you've seen those guys that every, like, they're like taking selfies together. He's like, they're the first to celebrate with each other. And it's just, it's so awesome. Like, I feel like, I feel like the whole team understands. Yeah. We've been kind of missing a guy like this. This has been the guy we kind of needed to make this next jump. Cause we've, we've been good. We've been really good. We've won the sec, but we have been lacking a certain element of our game to take us to the next level, to take us to the point where we can cut nets and race the national championship trophy, maybe, or go to the final four for the love of God. And it's just uh, what are your thoughts on the comment on the screen right now? Connect a uh, Joshy boy, good old Joshy boy has connect has a really good chance of winning national player of the year. Maybe honestly, I mean, he just won Naismith player of the week. So that's the same kind of award. I guess they're going towards it. I, I hope that they don't look at his earlier games and hold him back because of that. And I hope he has an edge on ED because ED won it last year. 
I I know Edie's the runaway favorite, but Keck, I mean, if he does this, if he, if like 25 points is his floor going forward, I mean, I could definitely see it because I mean, that's a, that's the lowest well, point it, total he's had the last four games. It's a, what, what can you do for like, what can you do for me now mentality of pretty much the entire planet when it comes to sports. And if he continues to do that, what you just had 25 points, uh, a game, uh, playing clutch like he's been playing, they're going to easily forget about that little slump he went through. I mean, it's going to be real easy to forget. So uh, super easy to forget that. But, yes, this basketball team. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, one last thing I connect. This is a, I've, I've noticed, and I've heard other people point this out, what he does so great that we didn't have before. It's like he always gets guys in foul trouble on the other team. That driving to the lane and just getting a foul every time. That that gets so many guys for the other team in foul trouble, and that's another thing we haven't done before. Like, I just love that we are actually driving to the hoop, too. It's just so encouraging. Like, even even like he's not the only guy doing it. It's also Josiah and Santiago and Zakai. We all are just trying to get just easy baskets around the rim. It's so nice because I don't understand why we haven't been doing that a lot the past few years. But yeah, what were you going to yeah, say? Yeah, it's it's. No, well, um, I'll have to think about it. Um, I was just going to recap what we just basically just talked about, about the team, about how um, they're not peaking, they're progressing. And uh, I think it's a really good thing. But you, like you said, connect when he just drives the basket. I feel like when teams go on runs or they're going to start to go on a run, connect takes the ball to the basket. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it causes he, the run to kind of stop. I, I know his, his – I can tell his brain on the court, like he has his confidence now and he just, I feel like he knows like when we need a basket desperately and he's the guy to do it. It's just so great. Like I feel yeah, really very is. secure with him on the court because I know his head. I know he, he understands the situation. Like sometimes I got frustrated because when we're trailing in the game, it feels like we're just chunking up shots and they're not going down. It feels like no one's really like being in, I'm not not an adult, but being like responsible and saying, "Hey, we need a freaking bucket right now. Let's just go get it. Yeah. Let's let's just get if, it, if we gotta go line and get it. If we we're just gonna go to the basket. We're like, there's not we're not doing this from the three point line. We're not doing this from the mid range. We're doing it at the basket in the paint. That's what's gonna happen right the bleep now. And that's what well, I feel yeah. like I Connect mean, it, does. It's one of those things where he's like, if some, if no one's going to take charge, I'm going to take charge. And that's something we haven't had in a little, really long time mm-hmm. with the Rick Barnes team is someone so many years, so many years you've watched this team and everyone's scared to take the shot. It's so much passing. It's so much dribbling and no one is, is wanting to take the shot. Connect says, give me the damn ball. I'll take the shot. The bet my favorite point in the really- whole my favorite part of the whole game was when uh like uh who was it Dillion had the ball and he got it stolen away right out of his hands and then they run back down the court and he takes it right out of the dude's hands and and connects like already halfway uh, past half court and they just throw it to him and he slams it on the run and man it's just like we would never have done that in the past four or five years it feels like Admiral Schofield was the last guy that I really saw play ball like that. And it's just, it's so nice to really embrace it. The fast break too. Like, man, it's just, ah, man, this team, 
this team can really do it. Did you watch uh did you, did you watch any of the uh, Kentucky game Saturday? I did not. I watched I think just for a little bit. I watched the I, I got on to I, I, I got on to PlayStation and played the show for like ten hours. Oh so uh, I didn't watch I didn't watch it but that much basketball. Um did you uh okay you've seen the new we're just gonna call this guy Big Z. They got their big man. He got his transfer final or whatever it was finally approved. I don't think it was a transfer. I think it was some international thing. Maybe it was a transfer, but uh, whatever. He got approved and he was allowed to play for the first time all year. And uh, I'm gonna be honest, he looks really freaking good. I know it's just Georgia, but the dude looks like uh, I mean, the dude looks like an uh, amateur version of uh, Nikola Djokovic. Uh, it's yeah. kind of scary. He had 13 points, and uh, that's that's something just to put a pen in for all the basketball fans. I think we play Kentucky what the end of January or 8:30 uh, primetime Saturday in a prep arena, or no, no, it's it's in it's in February, uh, and then we get them here in March to in the re- regular season. I think we'll probably end up splitting both those games, and then if we play them. In the SEC tournament, it's going to be a hell of a game. But man, this conference Kentucky, is so freaking good. Kentucky is, you know, how you kind of just kind of brush off Kentucky most years. You're like, ah, oh, this team, blah, blah. No, this team's really good. Yeah, they got this team is legit good. Cal, I feel that's like one Cal, of Cal, that's one of Calipari's best teams in the, you know, last couple, five, six seasons. This, team, this team is really good. This team he has right now kind of gives me shades of those teams he had back in the early 2010s. Like I feel like he went back to his roots. I feel like he uh feel like he was trying to transfer route a lot and trying to get experienced guys because that's where the game was going. Cause I think he got really uh really uh burned by that team he had in the COVID year that was absolutely dreadful on all fronts and won like nine games, I think, the COVID season. And I think that team really struggled because they didn't get an offseason to really develop. They were all freshmen, and they didn't have really an offseason at all to get anything together, and they were just awful. So I feel like after that, he got kind of spooked by you know going the freshman route and went away from what he knew and started to uh, put together teams full of transfers like Oscar Tashiboy. That guy was like 25 by the time he was down with college and 22 by the time when he got to Kentucky. So that those were the kind of guys he was building around. And I feel like this year he was just like, you know, I, I this is why I know this is what works in the past. And I'm just going to put the best team together I can with young dudes. Cause that's the kind of guys he, he really succeeds with. And um, they're scary. They're scary and deep. They can, they don't play defense. Though. They don't play a lot of defense. So I feel like connect. I mean, I was listening, I listened to KSR because I knew they were going to talk about our game at one point. And I was just gonna hear what they thought about our about connect, and they I think Matt Jones said he might score seventy on us with the defense we play. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. They they that radio radio they're obsessed with us. Like yeah. they are obsessed with us. But I did see that tweet come across. I think my timeline of him the dunk and neck might drop seventy on us. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I did see that. Man, I would love to see Don Gash drop seven. Could you imagine? But oh man, I don't know, man. 
Oh man, that would be beautiful. And uh freaking I mean, have you watched Auburn at all? They are they are freaking they've lost their I think they're sixteen or seventeen and two. And the only every single game they've won by double digits that isn't their two losses. They they're they're so deep. They, yeah, they, they're just, I, endless well. Who, who are you talking about? You're breaking up re- you're breaking up really bad. Who are you talking about? Auburn. Auburn. Who are you ta- what team are you talking about right now? Auburn. Oh, Auburn. Okay, okay. Yeah, you you're breaking up super bad right now. But um uh I haven't watched much Auburn, but I, they're they looked from what I've seen, I haven't watched a ton of them. What I've seen, they've they've looked pretty damn good. Um it looks like um Bruce has got another good team. But what is new because he's a good coach. So we all know that. But but to round round out this uh talk about uh Tennessee basketball, man, Connect is a player that we've always needed. You have Jemai Meshack playing just unbelievable defense. You have Zakai Ziegler one of the, was transformed into one of the best point guards in the country. This team has got a lot of pieces. You need Santi, you need uh, Santi Vescovi to come into his own. Jordan Ganey starts to find it. Watch out. It's going to be very scary. Um, I'm not sure what happened to Austin, but we'll try to get him back on here. He's done disappeared, so you're going to have to look at my beautiful face for a little minute here. He's trying to log back in. But I want to trans uh, transfer our transition into. Uh, let's get back to this comment uh, from Joshy Boy earlier uh, that that says, "Welcome back, Austin." We've trans transitioned while you were on your little sabbatical, trying to connect your Wi-Fi. Looks like you're frozen again. <laughs> I'm frozen, but we're gonna go ahead and talk. Yeah, you're frozen. You're you're good now. You're good. I don't know what was the deal, but we're fine. Uh, we'll just continue the show. Uh, thoughts on the Titans hire, Joshy boy? I thought the Titans, uh, when they first fired Vrabel, and I thought I think a lot of the Titans fans felt the same way at the time that it was a really stupid move. They didn't have anybody uh, in mind, and I felt like they have interviewed ninety five percent of the NFL. It feels like it feels like. They've interviewed literally 95% of the NFL. Let me remove. There we go. Uh, I was just talking about Austin. You're very clear now, and you look like you're moving fine. It looks like your signal is well-rounded here. But I was just talking about the Titans hire, Joshy Boy, earlier, the comment, thoughts on Titans hire. Right now, I thought it was – I think it's a good hire, but – I was just mentioning that Vrabel, when he was fired, people said you better have an option in mind. And I felt like the Tennessee Titans were going to absolutely botch this because they were interviewing 95% of the freaking NFL. It felt like every time you looked up, you saw a different name. Titans are interviewing this guy, this guy, that guy, this guy, this guy, that guy. And it just, the list went on and on. I start, you know, started thinking they're going to pull a guy off a street and start interviewing people off the street. But uh, they, they got a guy that I think a lot of people are happy with right now. And that's mm-hmm. Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator. I think that is a solid hire. He is an offensive mind, Tennessee, for the love of God, we all know that they need offense. He's an offensive mind. Uh, you see what he did with, you know, the Bengals offense when Joe Burrow came in there 
We don't know what Will Levis is yet. He he looked pretty decent uh, this season with just trash all around him, uh, specifically offensive line. No wide receiver help. Mm. Derrick Henry couldn't get going because the offensive line was so terrible. So, Lord knows the Titans need Brian Callahan type one offenses. One thing I am absolutely encouraged by the uh, encouraged about this hire is that uh, this is a guy that actually knows how to work with a bad O line. I mean, they've had a lot of bad years with the O line in Cincy. That was the main problem when he when uh, I think uh, Zach Taylor got there. So it's something he knows pretty well. Uh, Bluton, I think it's a Georgia guy. I can't remember. He might have changed his name. It's the same picture. I don't know if it's him or not. But Bluton, uh, talking about you freezing up, his screenshots have that have come from this. He says that were pretty funny. Those yeah, one to see him, like to take him Undertaker with your eyes rolled back. I know the, <laughs> so, know the 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 men with the Kirby throne. Yeah, we'll yeah. see the screenshots that come of this because I thought about taking several while you're. Frozen up because you did look like you were like dead at one point. Your eyes were like rolled back in your head and you're just frozen. <laughs> but uh, DR. get it all, all fixed out. We're good. We're good. But back to the hire of the Titans. I think it's a really good hire. And he's going to surround himself with other really good hires because he is a rookie head coach. And it can take rookie head coaches a little bit to get rolling. So you need to surround yourself with good head coaches, good defensive coordinator. Um, I'm pretty sure you know the offense pretty well because you're Brian Callahan and the Bengals offense is pretty decent. So good hire all around. I like it. I can't be too mad about it. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's it's one of the better options after firing a man that has proven that he can win in the NFL. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but I'm not mad about this at all. No, I, I had a lot of fear with this hire. I really thought we were going to screw this up in a royal way because it just feels like that's the way things have been going for the Titans a little bit. I, I Half the names I was hearing, I was like, oh, if you're going to fire Vrabel, why would you hire, like to hire like the OC at Carolina? I mean, good Lord. But um, it, it, it feels like we've gotten a pretty good result from this and hopefully – how about the Falcons? Is it going to be Belichick? From what I have heard, it probably is, which is going to be, which has to be the most hilarious thing ever. I, I, I don't get that. It, that that that's a weird fit to me. I mean, that is just, you would think he would go somewhere like you would think that the Chargers or somebody would hire him. I think they got a coach. Oh, they do got a coach. We are oh. that's that's probably gonna go there. But you think Bill Belichick would could go there because Justin Herbert and he the Chargers are loaded on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they've got so much talent on the offensive side of the ball. You think Bill Belichick would like I guess he just didn't want to move out to Cali got California. I think I think they chose him. I think they chose Harbaugh over him. I mean I mean, I mean both are both are pretty good hires. I mean really I mean both both would have been good hires. I think Bill Belichick is kind of like Nick Saban's kind of at the end of his rope here. Yeah. But Atlanta, dude, you have freaking no one. You'd That's have you're gonna have to draft like another quarterback and start over. Yeah, Ritter. They have no one. I mean, he's not a long term solution in any way, shape, and form. I mean, I, I mean, maybe he will be. I don't I don't see it though. And I mean, they just they got nothing. I mean, it's it's I mean, a quarterback's the most important thing, but 
outside. I mean, they don't really have. I mean, Arthur Smith. You can hate him all the Falcons fans want to. I didn't think he did a terrible job there. I didn't think he did great. He did great, but he, he it's really tough when you don't have the players. That's why being a coach in college is so much. The coach for a college team is so much more important than it is in the NFL because, like, you're responsible for the talent, acquiring the talent. That's not necessarily the case in the NFL. And a lot of times, you can do everything you try, everything in your power to get a quarterback but you still don't have one. And that's the main factor when it comes to winning in the NFL, I feel like. Real real quick, I just want to rehash. Uh, my buddy chums in, uh, Chris chums in. He, he's a big Titans fan, big, big, big Tennessee Titans fan. Missed a take. He's like, what do you think? So uh, we'll just rehash it real quick. I think if you're going to fire Bill Belichick, you're, you, this is a great hire. This is one of the only people that I would kind of like after Bill Belichick, I meant uh, Mike Vrabel. We were just talking about Bill Belichick, but uh, I think it's that's fine. I think it's fine. I, I, we need an offensive mind. Just to reiterate, real quick, offensive mind. We got an offensive mind. Titans offensive sucked for so long. We need someone with an offensive scheme that can. When we don't have the talent to run motions, to run reverses, to run just things that can get your guys in open space. My God, and this is a guy I think that can do it. Not a bad hire. I I don't dislike it at all. Like I said, if you're going to fire Rabel, you better have an option. And this is a pretty good one after interviewing uh, all the NFL college coaches and peewee coaches around the country. So, uh, you. I mean, you've, you've literally interviewed the entire planet Earth. So, you got it. You got it. You got it right, in my opinion. We'll see how it works out. But, Chris, that's my take on that. But um, Bill Belichick in Atlanta, I think it's a freaking just a weird spot. Let me get your take on some other stuff that happened this weekend. Uh, have you seen the video circulating everywhere uh, of Caitlin Clark for a uh, collision? Uh, yeah, I saw that. I don't Did know you what see both making... angles. Yeah, I've seen both angles. I don't. Yeah. I think people were just making too much of a big deal of it. It looked like she was trying to stop to avoid the collision, and then she hit harder than she thought and just fell. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think people were really. I, think I saw some shades. Over. I saw some shades of LeBron, man. Like I, uh, that looked. That looked like the the girl running towards Caitlin Clark. It looked like she was trying to like avoid her, and then Caitlin Clark runs more into her, and then she cocks her head back as if she just had a head-on collision with her head, and the head never touched the the girl. And her head goes like that all the way back. And and then she just collapses to the ground. I was like, that's like a little. I mean, I, I mean, there was never any major contact to anything. I mean, she's obviously in way better shape than the girl she just ran into. Well, I, I felt like it was a little bit like I'm really pissed off about this game. Let me get a little bit of sympathy, kind of LeBron style. Yeah. That's what I got. I I'm not trying to say anything. I mean, that's. I feel like it's fair. I can't complained with her because she's not known as being a flopper and that wasn't even in a game so i could really give two craps less about what happens outside of a game but um i think she's one of the best players i've ever seen in women's basketball so she is she is oh god one of the best basketball players i've ever seen in men's basketball but at the same time i think that's a little bit of a I yeah, don't know. The, sometimes the, it's nice to be a victim i guess i mean well the second the second view did look like it was a little little floppy um, yeah, I just didn't like how 
overdramatic it was like it's like yeah. collapsing to the ground I, i'm sorry there's very i mean not many times in my life have i been hit so hard that i have to just like oh <laughs> and think, like, i wonder if it's like your your mindset still in the basketball realm of things and that's what basketball players do they got to get in that mindset of like i gotta throw my body to the ground because that gets calls I don't know. Sounds like, I just, it sounds like you're carrying water for what? You got some Caitlin Clark? Does she pay you? Are you, are you, you no. like part of her uh, endorsement club or something? Maybe she uh, maybe she, a little thing inside. She got for. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't really care about it. I think people are just making the boys nothing. So Iowa basketball players, man, you always guess carrying what? water for them. Something something's gonna happen tomorrow. No one's even gonna no one's gonna even remember it. They're gonna forget about it in five seconds. On to the what, new thing. On to the next you, thing. Okay, let's get another thing. What did you make of? A lot of people have had like takes like I get it or come on man, uh, with uh the Bills fan absolutely bawling his eyes out in the stands and he like has the has a little uh beanie and he puts it over his eyes. Yeah. Do you see that? Yeah, I did. I at first okay, this is gonna sound and here's my honest, honest take on this, okay? It's hard for me to make okay, ever since my mom, my mom passed away in October, so it had it's really fresh on my mind. Okay, and it, at Tennessee games, I caught myself like crying because of that. Now, now I'm not saying something like that could have happened with him. Like maybe something was going on and he was just crying. And now everyone's making fun of him, but I don't know. I would never cry like that personally, like for a loss. And you know me with losses, I get pissed off. I don't, I don't cry. I, I want to kill someone. <laughs> I want to I want to hit something like I'm pissed and I don't cry. So that was a it was an odd reaction. But I can't yeah. I, I don't know what to think about it because something could be going on. It kind of looked like something was going on in his head. Like I mean like he's sad about something, not just the loss. I don't know because you just don't see many people just ball their eyes out unless they win. I it was a little weird. I I I got it actually. Like I, I for real have, I, I didn't think of the route you took it. I, that, 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 that I did not consider, but yeah. I have kind of been there. I mean, I, it took, when we lost to Florida in 2015, that one, I'm not going to lie. That one felt like it just ripped my soul out. <laughs> and I, I, I had a moment where like, why do they get to have this? And I cannot. Why do they get to have this and I cannot? I just couldn't comprehend. Like, why do all these teams get to have this joy of winning, and I can never have it? And I, I, it was like an hour. It was like thirty minutes after the game, and I kind of, I started just crying. I started like crying my eyes out I, I, for a minute there, and it was just, well, it was very still, emotionally. And and, and, and I look at my, you think you, yeah, and and I think I was thinking of family too. My dad like. We never like we never win this game, and and we'll never beat Florida. Frank Frank brings up a good point here. I, I swear to swear this is Don Connects like burner account. Frank just like Vesco, he's called Bob. Yeah, <laughs> but I I uh, <laughs> he brings this comment back up again. He says the Lions fan crying tears of joy is the best of the week, and that's what I meant a minute ago when I was like, I've cried with joy, like when Alabama. When Tennessee kicked the foco to beat Alabama, I'm uh, I just immediately started crying. Like it, it, it we have it has sucked so bad at Tennessee sports. It has sucked for a long, long, long time. And tears of joys 
of Dooley just came out. But on the other hand, losing got so old where I would just get so angry. And I wouldn't even like get emotional. I would just get so dead gum mad. And it would just piss me off for like hours and hours. And I don't know why I got like that, but I did. But I've never cried over a loss. Never, never done that. Okay. I will say this. When I, the 2015, let's see, I'm 26 now. So how old would I have been in 2015? I would have been uh, 15. Would I have been 15? In tw- 26, whatever. No, I would have been 18. Shit. Uh, that, that doesn't really work. But I, I was still, uh, you know, younger. And I feel like, that was part of the reason I cried for that game. Yeah. But like um, when we lost to Alabama every other year after that, I remember one time, I think it was, I mean, this is a weird one to lose your mind over, but it was 2020 Alabama. And I don't know why I, we were, we were down by like, we were down by 20 plus with like 10 minutes left in the third quarter. And we still kind of felt like, I mean, I didn't, I don't know. We had a little success in offense on maybe the possession before, which was unusual, but uh, um, we finally got some a little going. And then we had like fourth and two. We had the ball down 20 something. And it was fourth and two on our own 45. And we were going to punt it. Yeah. And I just lost my ever loving mind. And it just, it just started like, like I started cussing and, that's Kentucky. And it was starting to build and build and build. And I had to be taken. I had to, I had to go out of the stadium where I thought I was going to get kicked out. Was that Kentucky game? No, that was a game. That was Alabama. Like, oh, I, no, you just, you just said Alabama there. No, there was an instance like that. Um, in the Kentucky, <laughs> it was, during, <laughs> it was during COVID. It was, when we had first row seats right behind the players bench, our, 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 uh, home side bench. And, we were getting so angry. We were screaming. All the players were looking at us like we were insane. <laughs> well, but a lot of them were gr- agreeing with us. It was so weird. I mean, it was just you it was just funny. The 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 first like losing sucks, but losing and you know like we're just not doing the right things at all. Like I I never had been more confident that everything we are trying to do at this university right now or with this team is just flat out just wrong and stupid. And we're just wasting our freaking time. I, I, that's the way I felt with the Pruitt era. I just felt like we're starting Jerry Garantano. We had three years to find a quarterback, all these other teams, Missouri, Duke, like random uh, North Carolina, all these little teams can find a good quarterback. And we, we just keep starting this idiot from New Jersey and it just that, that was the most frustrating thing on earth for me. And yeah, it's it one of those things where, um, like Joe Milton's not even close to JG's status of just being no, no, horrible not. Player. not even close. I told you, that. but but it was, it felt like that at times because you would scream, like, Is there not a guy that is better that can do more? And it felt like that. J, with JG a hundred million times more. There is no guy on this roster that is better than this guy. And uh, I don't. I don't and if he, if there isn't, then that's a big problem. <laughs> then you deserve to be fired for that reason alone. If there isn't anyone better than him, but oh, well, with Joe Milton, I I didn't feel that way. I mean, well, like for thing for me with Joe Milton, it was like uh, Nikos. I know it's. I know you don't want to. 
I, I don't think he would have been like totally like he wouldn't have gotten injured 100%. But I did feel a little scared of putting Nico as a true freshman behind our O line at times. I, I could care less. Just throw I, him up there. I, I just mean, don't want to get always been. And I do, I didn't think any other game besides maybe Florida that Nico would have won you. Yeah. Well, that that'd have been non regular season. But, but uh but yeah. that game in that game I would have mo- been most scared to not play uh, yeah. to play him because we had the our O line was at its worst that game without well, K Mace. I remember there was one play where like the guy just literally plowed over Ollie Lane and and we would have scored a touchdown if Joe Milton could have gotten the ball off in time, but he was sacked or he got hit in the ball yeah. fell short and he got interception intercepted. Yeah. Well let's Let's close this out with this, and here's a here's a food for thought to end this on a positive note uh, to end the podcast. Uh, Joe Milton took us to a 9-4 record, and we have three of the best quarterbacks in the country on our roster right now or that, are, that are either on the roster or committed to be on this roster. Basically, three five-star quarterbacks, basically. I mean, Joe Milton can take us to 9-4. And Joe Milton was not the worst we've ever seen. He just couldn't do a lot of things. It was the worst offense Hypo has ever had in his yeah. coaching career. He just he just couldn't do a lot of things. So. But it is, like we mentioned earlier, rags to riches. This is how you win games. You have got to have a quarterback. The times have changed. You cannot be... Uh, you cannot be a, a, a conservative offense. And Josh Heupel, I've brought up this this comparison so many freaking times. It reminds me of Clemson with Taj Boyd and then Deshaun Watson and then old Sunshine out there. What was in between Sunshine, though? Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Exactly. So that it, it, it like reminds me of that you said you quarterback. You can make a team look really freaking good, and we've got three of them on a roster. And Georgia had that problem several years ago. Look at them now. We're like, oh man, Justin Fields is transferring. Oh, Jake Fromm and all this stuff. Well, well it worked out. Okay, uh, should they kept Justin Fields? I don't know if it worked out or not. But he killed it at Ohio State. But it's good to have options. It's something that I love to see. Something you love to see. And if one transfers, if one doesn't work out, so be it. We're going to find a one of the three. You're going to really pan out. Yeah, I, I've heard some people say, like, oh, I'll never get a play here. Like, wh- wh- what are you even talking about, dude? For starters, wh- what is your argument here? We shouldn't have taken him. We shouldn't have. Like, you always need a quarterback. You're, you, Every single class, we will take a, uh, probably one quarterback yeah. or two. Because and we're going to take the best one we can find, you know, because yeah. uh, that gives you the best result. I mean, and guys are going to want to play for Heupel, and I think he's and he's. He, I I just never got that argument. I mean, so what if he, if he transfers out? Oh no, it's the, not the end of the world. At least you have that security there for a little bit. No, when I see three, pretty much three five star quarterbacks in my roster, I am giddy. Yeah, that and like from what we've been through with JG and. I mean, Joe Milton was not like that. Let's not ever set up. But but we had we went through four years where we did not have any good quarterback play, and to have a roster with three five star quarterbacks, this or two five stars and and one four star, 
it's 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 an embarrassment of riches and man that's that's what that's the most important thing in college football i mean hell Kalen DeBoer, there's no way on earth he's getting the job at alabama if uh if he doesn't have michael Penix putting up huge uh pulling out games left and right for him at washington yeah, i mean hell imagine imagine this. like if that dude gets injured ever that dude is not the head coach at alabama it's kind of crazy think about oh. well it's oh, wait, one last thing i'll, I'll point out. i saw someone mention this on twitter all these alabama fans are like so happy they're getting the washington transfers oh you idiots we're getting the washington transfers you do realize this year if you had a uh, Washington on your schedule, you would have probably blown them out. Yeah, you you know what's funny, but you want those guys now, huh? No, you know what's <laughs> like, funny. Like going, if you had that game on the schedule, you would, every one of your fans would have told me, "Yeah, we're gonna kill these guys. They're they're, they're crap." Like they're, it's they're- hilarious, hilarious to look at because we've been through the stages of football grief, and it's funny to look at it because when Alabama fans start tweeting out, like, "Man, look at this catch by this guy." What an unbelievable catch and run. This guy's got a future. Dude, he's had 450 yards and four touchdowns in two seasons. <laughs> and you're getting excited over that. We've been through that. That is not it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing, Bammers. You you dumb son, sons of guns. Like it's not a good thing. You know? You're getting Listen, excited over nothing. I mean, okay. If they want to get excited over this kind of stuff, yeah, whatever. But you realize like like it's not you're not ever going to get what you had you'll never get what you had never. like and you won't be satisfied with it like if tennessee goes 9 and 3 this year i will be kind of upset about that i'll be i'll be i'll be upset nowhere close to firing hypo upset nowhere close as long as we you know look like we're on the right page but you guys you go 9 and 3 you're ready to fire the coach i i in year one i mean you probably wouldn't actually do it after year one if you went nine and three but if you did it the following year i guarantee you there would be a lot of push to fire and, and it's just like why would you want to go there man here, here's one more thing and i'm gonna close with this so many people have said alabama is the brand people want to come here no like you said austin nick saban is the brand look at tennessee tennessee is a brand People come here when we were horrible because it's a it's a brand. It's a nice place. It's it's top of the line. Uh I I I you agree I, or disagree with that because we got talent no matter what. I agree that both are about the same in terms of like here's my thing. If Nick Saban went to Tennessee when he went to Alabama, we would have had just as much or more success. I, I just hope they know that they, their place is not their place is not the reason they got the top five classes. You can maybe get top 10 classes with any or top 15 classes with any coach there. You're not going to get top five. You're not going to get the seven, five stars that that time is over. You're not like the, the time of having the number one class, number one and number two year in year out. That was not because of Alabama. Okay. Like that. You can maybe get top 15 just because you're Alabama. Cause, you know, they got all the money in the world to have the best facilities and whatnot, but, but you need a coach. You need a, like a NFL factory head coach. That's known as the greatest in the history of the sport to get number one and number two year in year out. Okay. Or unreal NIL, which you guys probably will not ever want to admit that you need as bad as you really do need it. So I, I feel like you're just gonna, it's going to be a rude awakening that you are not 
you're never going to see the Knicks Saban good again. Okay. It's like, a real, it's a real problem that the playing field's even now. And it's yeah. bugging the ever living piss out of these people. Yeah. The whole thing that made them the top, top, top was that. Like, yeah, you're, you're a big school. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Alabama's still going to be a, a, a top 10 school every year in the, in the recruiting rankings. It's just, there's such a difference in being top 10 every year and being number one or number two every year in recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm hoping that. It, I mean, there's just no way they're going to be as good. So I'm no, loving, no, I'm and it's going to be, and, they, and, and they, their fans are going to think that's are. not okay. It's 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 so wild, and they and they think they are, and I freaking love it because it's not going to be the same. Stop. Here's my hope. Here's my hope. Okay. Here's my, here's my uh, I here's my here's my dream. Here's my dream. <laughs> I had a dream. Uh, here, here's my here's my dream. Okay. So Caleb DeBoer goes like nine and three. They're not very happy with it. Then the following year, he goes maybe like, I, don't know, I guess he could do good. But what if he didn't? What if he? What if he went eight and four and, and missed out on the playoff? Let's say they they fire him. Let's say they 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 lose their mind. They fire him, and then they hire somebody else. And it's just then it really starts to snowball. Tom and that guy screws up, and you get the same thing that happened here. It, it, you eventually just have this drop off. Like you you have. Still about around the the saving level talent. I mean, not really. I mean, really, the transfer portal. This, but the transfer portal accelerates all of this. Like our our fall from grace. You had to be a freaking idiot to fall from grace on our on our end because we didn't have the portal to kill us. But but they had the portal. They have the portal now to ex- accelerate everything that's happening. Like I just. I just see them going through maybe two or three coaches and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And maybe they eventually have a come to Jesus moment and hire a really good coach. And then they get back into the game a little bit. But I, but I don't ever see a scenario where they ever see save and level greatness ever again. Here is, here is the thing that I've said so many times that an old man told me once football is a will. It all circles back around. It's a time. It's it's a will that continues to circle. And all those bad times will come circling back around. All the good times will come circling back around. You know what is funny about this wheel, too? Is that consistently throughout history, when the wheel is Tennessee and um, Alabama on that wheel, they're typically horizontal yeah. to each other. Because when they are down, we are up. It's yep. in throughout history. Mm-hmm. That's why this. The, you look at the rivalry, the third Saturday in October. You look at the history of it. Look at the game results. Typically, those come in chunks or streaks. I, Alabama ran off what? I don't want oh seven to twenty twenty two or twenty one. So that was a long streak, and we yeah. had we dominated them from ninety five to oh six, pretty much ten out of twelve. So, I think we could be. Don't want to jinx myself. I mean, I'm sure it's hell. Hope to never eat these words, uh, or hope not to eat these words following October. But I feel like we're going to have a streak here where we're the superior program for maybe the next decade. That would hopefully, be. Hopefully, we do because what goes around comes around, my friend. It's yep. a continuous circle cycle. And boy, if they are down like we were down, holy hell. The burn to the ground. 
Could you imagine four years without a bowl game for Alabama? Oh, yeah. Well, that I would do. I would, I that would just, Oh, I can. I, would, I wish they'd have like hard knocks or like Alabama, like the HBO, some like. I have like a documentary 30 for 30 of like the downfall of like. <laughs> or just like the life of everyday Alabama. Fan. Yep. Best my national title trophy from 2020. You see him like going to the church. You see him like going into church in like 2015. There's like video of him like all going into church. Then like 2025, they're all sitting on their porch drinking freaking rum and vodka. Yeah, I killed my brother last week. Just couldn't. Mississippi State beat us, and you know it just had to happen. Killed my brother and banged my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same and, time. Uh, actually, they were both in the room. So time, actually. It was uh, it was Thanksgiving. What did you want me to do? Um, <laughs> oh, man. All right, buddy. Well, this has been a fun podcast. Um, very entertaining. I, I liked it. A lot of comments. Love the comments. Uh, keep them coming every week. Love the interaction. Um, we'll do it again. Do it again next week. Hopefully Jordan's here. His dad, dad, daddy daycare situation is cute on the podcast. So Jordan, get your kids under control, okay? My gosh. My goodness. Anyway, good night. Go balls. God bless. Oh.